There are two types of speakers, those who are nervous and those who are liars. But if you know the nerves are coming, you'll be able to handle them. You got this. Hey everybody, this is Speak Easy with Eric Egan. I've made a career out of speaking in front of people and a camera, learning a ton about this craft along the way. How to be comfortable and exude confidence, learning from my mistakes, which have been plenty, and becoming accustomed to harnessing that nervous energy we all experience. I say all that because I know how important standing up in front of a crowd of two or a hundred can be in all of our professions. And I'm here to show you, I can help you perfect your pitch. Let's do it. Hey everybody, glad you are here for the ride. This is Eric Egan, the latest episode of Speak Easy. Hope you're all doing well. I'm excited to be here today. I got a great message for you and I thought this was a good time to drop this episode. It's all about overcoming our anxiety when we're speaking, when we're in any of those professional or social situations. I'm gonna give you six ways to leave your nerves, to leave your anxiety behind. And what, what a, um, I think it's a really good time to do that because we're in the midst at the moment of, depending on which state and community you live in, but of, of sort of hopefully leaving the pandemic behind. We know it's really never going to leave us, but we're getting back out there in social situations. Uh, maybe you're not wearing a mask anymore, or maybe you're going back to work, or you feel safe to, to see family or friends and, and community groups. Um, we kind of have to, to shake off the rust a little bit. Uh, kind of work out the kinks on our speaking skills. Am I right? It's not all. It's not all going to be conference calls and zooms anymore, where you can mute yourself and sort of ignore it and and just step back in or or hit the uh, the unmute button when you want to take part in the call. Um, but this is what this is what we're meant to do, and and I'm excited to be of service to you guys to bring this episode uh, on, on this sort of day and time. Um, again, overcoming anxiety: six ways to leave it behind. I'm going to jump right in today, and I also want to tell you that all. These, these six points that I'm going to share today, I won't lie. You can get on the internet, you can go to Google, and you can type in a search engine how to get over your public speaking uh, fears. How do I you know, combat the fact that when I open my mouth, I'm afraid worms aren't going to come out? Well, that is one way to do it. But when you do that, there's no personal touch involved. And what I'm bringing you today are six things that I have actually used in 17 years of, of speaking in front of people. They've worked for me. Um, I've created them out of, uh, unfortunately, failures, unfortunately, feelings of being super anxious and, and nervous. And, and I found that uh, these are these are unique to me and it, it's it's personal. And so I hope that, that you get something out of this because I, I definitely get something out of sharing it with you. So the first one is called I call it slamming on the brakes. In other words, just slow yourself down. Um, these really are no particular order, but I want to start with this because this is one of them that I use frequently. And I'll give you an example. Covering news stories in my field, <clears throat> um, breaking news events are big days. Uh, and, and I say that because a lot of times there are a lot of eyeballs on the television that maybe aren't usually because a, a big event has happened and a lot of people in the area are affected. So you feel like a lot of people are watching you. So whenever there's a, a big event like that, you feel the your your heart rate go up a little bit. 
I'll be honest, shortness of breath creeps in. So slowing things down and not just your breathing, we'll get to more on, on that, trust me, but not just your breathing, not just the the pace at which you speak, that is extremely important, but doing everything else will just contribute into that. Things like walking slowly, things like if if you're, you know, if you're a guy putting on a tie, just, just doing it slowly, going through the motions. If you're a woman and, and you're putting your makeup on, do that extra slow. I just want you to take your time because when you, you pay extra special attention to that, everything else sort of, sort of follows suit. Um, I, I, this also harkens back to a memory that I had. I was going on the golf course. Unfortunately, whenever I go to the golf course, I'm usually in a rush. You're rushing to get out the door. You're rushing to make the tee time, get on the driving range, get some swings in. Um, but the best professional golfers will tell you just when you're in your car, slow down, drive under the speed limit, Take your time pulling into the parking lot, finding your parking space. You notice my voice is getting a little bit lower and softer. So that's the idea. If, if you train your body into just taking things one step at a time, your speech and your delivery, they won't seem rushed. You won't seem flustered. That's where my mind is. So slam on the brakes, slow things down, take things one thing at a time. It's also going to help your brain. It's going to help you decipher what you want to cycle through your mind as you're delivering speech, as you're saying words, pick and choose your thoughts, not just a, you know, a fire hose coming out of your mouth, but having just a better grasp of what you're saying, how you want to say it and, and, and your style of delivery at the same time. So number one, slam on the brakes, just slow things down. Number two, I've, uh, I'll admit, I've said this in another episode, but this is one of my pillars, folks, five deep breaths. Five deep breaths. I think I said that to my son or daughter today. I kid you not. Five deep breaths. And I'll, I'll kind of go over it with you. The first breath is just to calm yourself down. You know, inhale big, fill up your diaphragm, exhale, take your time when you're doing it. Again, along with the slamming on the brake, slowing down, don't rush this. By your second or third breath, you kind of start to forget, because this takes a bit of time, you start to forget what you were nervous about to begin with. And that's the real key here. Getting the, you know, getting getting out of your own head, getting the voices out of your head. And then by the fourth and fifth breaths, at least for me personally, this is what I've come to find in my career, in my experience. You're so amped. You're so ready to go. Your, your head's a little bit more clear. You can focus on your message and you're excited. You sort of leave the nerves behind. And you're ready to dive back in. So five deep breaths. This also slows you down. It takes a bit of time, but that's the whole idea as I think you guys are starting to catch on here. Number three, visualize something you do well. Again, we're kind of just training our brains, training our brains and our bodies at the same time into building that confidence. You know, it will usually pertain to the topic at hand. If you're given a speech, if you're in front of your boss and you have to tell them what you've done right, you know, what your team has been successful at. Go to the well, so to speak. Go to the well where you know you can rely on um, some of your your biggest strengths. Um, but hey, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be something pertaining to your talk or pertaining maybe to, to your particular skill set or, or what's going on that day. Because we just want, again, to get our minds in that place where we feel good about ourselves. So if you go back to a time where you, you had a great performance or, or maybe it was, it was just a good time with your buddies or, or, or your friends. I just want you to go back to that place where you visualize yourself doing something well. It raises your level of comfort. 
you know, it slows down the, your, your heart rate. And, and for me, I always get something in my chest. It kind of flutters uh, when I'm nervous. It slows down that flutter in your chest to sort of get your mind off of the bad stuff so you can recenter and devote all your attention to just, just knocking whatever you're going to do out of the park. Number four, um, this is where, this is where you're really going to, going to get to know me a little bit better, <clears throat> but number four, I love this one. Number four, the, the fourth way of overcoming anxiety, six ways to leave it behind. How about singing? If you, if you're in my house, if you know me, um, I'm working on my vinyl collection, but I, uh, it, it's growing. I'm, I'm proud of it. it it's something that I always kind of go to. I always want to have, I always kind of need to have music on. And it's not just the record player. It's also, you know, those, um, <clears throat> I have the, man, I'm blanking, but the, you know, the ear pods without the, the cord connect to them anymore. Those are a lifesaver. I, I could wear those all the time. Um, or you, you hick, uh, hook your phone up to a Bluetooth speaker. You can do that. When you're cooking, you can do that if you're playing golf, just, you know, just name the situation. If you, you want to take it to the pool, but that's where my mind's going here. Um, I always love to have music on and it's not, it's not just background noise for me, but it lifts me up. It puts me in a good mood or maybe it just matches my mood. Maybe I don't want to hear positive music. Maybe it's a rainy day and I just kind of want to hear something mellow. Like that's okay too. Um, but for this particular set of points, initially Music for me, it can serve, it can serve as a bit of a distraction that quiets the voices in my head. So that's kind of my first place that I go. My second place that I go in terms of singing and music, it's a motivator. Um, I remember going in the green room prior to broadcast time after time. And I, you know, it's, it's great that we have this now in our, you know, if you have music on your iPhone or, or if you Spotify, Pandora, whatever you kind of go to to turn something on and just get me ready to go, put me in a good mood, help me to, to sort of visualize and focus what I'm going to be doing before a big show or before a big speech or talk or, or conference, whatever it might be. For me, it serves as a motivator. And I, I just, just for my own notes here, I wrote down two songs. They're both called The Man. One's by The Killers. I'm a big Killers fan. The other is by Aloe Black. And I, I think my wife sent me that song. This would have been Ella Black, uh, The Man. I want to say this was back in 2012 or 2013. I, I was interviewing in Denver. And I remember I got off, I got off a flight. I'm walking through the airport. You know, I'm, I'm, the way interviews kind of work in, in, in broadcasting, a lot of times TV news broadcasting, you are with the station, station representatives sometimes for a day and a half or two full days. So I was walking to the airport knowing I was going to be picked up and I pretty much had to be on my game for the next goodness, let's say just 36 hours. So it's challenging. So I'm walking through the airport. I got my suit and you know, my garment bag and my luggage in the other, and I'm just, just playing this song. And one of the lyrics is you can tell everybody, you can tell everybody I'm the man, I'm the man. And it's just that repetition. Um, that motivation, it lifts you up. It makes you feel invincible. And we know we're not invincible, but believe it. Because when you believe it, and it's not cockiness or arrogance, but it's that reaffirmation and, and confidence. And that is okay. Don't feel like you can't, you can't have that air, that edge when you walk into a room. Because in my opinion, that's where success is born. That's where it lives. That's where it breathes. So um, singing music for me is a, a big time motivator. It's a huge way that I overcome anxiety. Um, I like to you know, pop it in my earphones, whatever it might be. 
before a big day, when I wake up in the morning, it, it's always there for me. Kind of a friend, um, even a little bit. Uh, number five, don't fear the silence. Gosh, am I right? Awkward silences. Those, those can be the worst. And they can be a lot of our undoings. But don't rush to fill it. Uh, a huge technique, it's tried and true, of many interviewers when they're asking someone a question. And if, if you're into... You know, if you're into the news magazines on TV, like let's say 60 Minutes and you're watching an interview or maybe one of the big networks, they're interviewing somebody famous during any, I, th- I think there was a recent one when Oprah interviewed uh, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. If you listen to them, if you listen to the interviewer, when they ask a question, if, if the interviewee gives a short little answer, a huge technique is just pausing. Don't feel like you have to fill that silence with another question or a yes and mm-hmm, um, you know, affirmation for the other party. Just let it breathe a little bit. A lot of times if you let it breathe, the, other, the person on the other end, they're going to feel the need to fill that silence. And I'm not, this isn't like, hey, let's just trick them, let's outsmart them. But what you're doing is maybe they weren't comfortable initially with answering your question, but then in the moment it gives them a second or two to put, to put a little bit more thought into it. And then you're going to have that much more rewarding of an answer coming from them. Don't rush to fill the silence. If you're in front of your peers presenting, a lot of times folks have trouble. It's easier for them to speak in front of people they don't know. But if you're in front of people that you know well and they know you well, there's nowhere really to hide. But don't rush to feel any, excuse me, don't rush to fill any awkward silence. Maybe you're not ready to speak. Maybe you're in your mind, you're going through your points and you think about saying something ahead of time that you're not ready to say, and that could sometimes take you down a path you don't want to be on. I kind of promise you that. So shy away from that one. Um, in the same breath, if it feels like a long time for you, if it feels like the awkward silence is deafening and, and you're having a hard time and you're embarrassed, because that can all happen really quickly in our heads. But in reality, it's all of a second or a second and a half. Uh, so it might seem like a long time to you, but it's not for the people listening to you. So try to keep that in mind. Number six, know your limitations, know your limitations. Uh, by that, I mean, stick to what, you know, sometimes there's a tendency to, for anybody, for me included, cause again, all these are, are come from a, a personal place, but there's a tendency to get out in front of our skis a little bit. Uh, stick to what you know. Avoid that. Don't try to test something out for the first time when you're in front of a group and you haven't rehearsed it. In my my own brain, sometimes I, I tell myself, Eric, don't go rogue. Don't 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 jump in the deep end just yet. Stick to your bullet points. Sometimes it works out well. It's kind of like taking a risk, of course, on the fly. But a lot of times it can get you caught up. And and if it does that, it's even trickier to get back on track. Um, Along with know your limitations, edit down, uh, be merciless in your editing. And, and, and where that comes from is when you put too much on your plate, it's just, sometimes it's just too high of a bar to reach and it's too much to remember. You know what? <laughs> your audience is, is, is your audience remembers. I want to say they lose about 90% of what you're telling them within the first hour. Okay. So if you stick to your, if you stick to the basics of your message and, and do your best to make that the strongest and the most memorable, 
that's going to be something the audience will, will walk away with and that they'll actually retain and that they'll hold on to. Along with, uh, this is, these are the voices in my own head, Eric, don't go rogue. Don't be a hero, guys. You're, you think you might, you, you might want to live up to somebody else you saw, a competitor, somebody else you, you might listen to or you might listen to their podcast. You might see them on television. It might be somebody you look up to. Don't be a hero in the moment. If you, if you know your limitations, if you, you stick to your plan, you don't have to go above and beyond that. Again, this is just a way to take the pressure and the stress off of yourself, overcoming that anxiety. Edit yourself down. Stick to a few major simple points. And these are ways to leave your anxiety behind. They're tried and true, guys. I live by them. I've, I've, I've failed initially in order to create them. And now it's what I go by and it's worked for me. And I'm going to tell you something, I promise it's going to work for you. The biggest takeaway other than these six points, everyone, um, just, just laugh at yourself a little bit. And this is kind of an extra as well. How, how, how bad can it be if you're not perfect? It's going to be okay. Every single, every single event, speech, presentation, they're not going to go exactly how you planned. This is something I always like to remember. They're, the word perfection is not listed in the definition of exceptional. You can be fantastic. You can be out of this world. You can be top of your class. You can hit it out of the park. You can be your A game, on your A game. But that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Don't, don't lift your expectations to a place that's so high that's unattainable. Because you can do darn well along the road that you've mapped out for yourselves with these points and with keeping that in mind. I live by it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't steer you wrong, folks. Um, I mean it. And I'm glad you're here to hear that. I'm glad you're here to listen to that. And I'm also privileged to share it with you. Okay. Um, now the speak easy, speak easy suggestion for the podcast. Hey, uh, the bottle is, is in uh, arm's reach right now. Um, it's the best way for me to share it with you. We've had some recent cocktail recipes and suggestions on the podcast. Now I'm going to go back to my personal, um, my personal well, if you will. I am looking at a bottle of Willet Straight Rye Whiskey. Um, this is the Family Estate Bottled Small Batch Rye. Willet Rye. That's what I'm feeling today. Uh, a rye is a whiskey. It is not a bourbon because it's over 50% rye. That takes the place of corn. Just a little uh, bourbon knowledge for you. And this one is aged uh, four years, 106.8 proof. If you're really, really into bourbon, you might know where I'm going with this. The, uh, the Willet family also release a rye whiskey after only two years aging. And a lot of folks will tell you, and I'll be one of them. It's just not long enough. It's just not long enough. So the four year, this bottle for me was spot on. If you live in Tennessee, it's kind of hard to come by and it is a bit pricey. If you live in other parts of the country and I found this through experience, it's a little more accessible. So if you happen to be in a liquor store, you're into it, you want to jump on the rye wagon, you want to try something new, or if you've had it, you don't really remember if you like it. I definitely recommend Willits Straight Rye Whiskey, the Family Estate Bottled Small Batch Rye Reserve. Four years aged. And the 106.8 proof, every bottle is different. It just depends on the barrel. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. Overcoming anxiety, six ways to leave it behind. I just want to say again, everything that I have brought to you today, it comes from within. It's personal. It means a lot to me. So sharing it with you, it, 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 I 
take it as a privilege and it's an honor and I'm glad I can do that. And I'm excited that you're here to listen forward as well. So if you ever have any questions and you, and you want anything further or guidance, you can always shoot me an email, ericegan6 at gmail.com. Maybe there's an, an element in, of public speaking you want me to focus on for an episode. Shoot me an email. You want to chat? We'll do that. I'll hit it up. Um, in addition to that, follow my uh, Speakeasy Egan Instagram feed. Also, all my personal social media pages, Eric Egan TV. Uh, I am there across all platforms. Everyone, have a wonderful uh, morning, day, evening, wherever it is where you are. And remember this, be confident, be memorable, be you. Thanks so much for listening. We can do this together. All right, take care.